Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, Spirit of EQ, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is a special guest, Mr. Andy Frank, who will be joining with us to talk about technology, instruction, and managing the home life in the era of COVID-19. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric. Hi, Andy, and everyone listening. So with that, Andy, welcome. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me, Eric and Jeff. I really appreciate it. So, Andy, uh, let's get started. You are an instructor at a technology boot camp, and I know I may be butchering exactly what it is, but that's what, at least in my head, I'm remembering. Number one, is that kind of close. And then number two, can you tell the audience a little bit about what it is you do at this boot camp? Yeah. So uh, actually some things have evolved there. Uh, I've actually moved back into a a development lead role, um, which has been a great opportunity. I actually was an instructor at the boot camp, um, but I had had the opportunity to uh, work. We have an opportunity to build some software essentially uh, for uh, some of our customers. So something I'm looking forward to, to being a part of. And it's been interesting getting back onto that side of things, kind of working with people and, and working with um, what we call junior developers. And I use air quotes when I say that. Uh, it's just people that have come mm-hmm. through our boot camp that have a little less experience than other people. And so it's a unique opportunity to kind of uh, really mentor and grow and develop some people uh, a little bit longer term than uh, the opportunity we have when they're in the boot camp. So. You mentioned that, and it really kind of goes to the heart of why I wanted you to be on the show, 
And that is that idea of decision making is when you're in the midst of a potential transition or when you think it's time to move on. Um, so what were some of the things that influenced your decision to, to move from instruction back into software uh, engineering development? Uh, I think for me personally, it was the opportunity to, um, I, I'm somebody who likes to have my hands in lots of different things. Fortunately, the company I'm a part of, uh, we have the, oppor- I have the opportunity to be a, a contributor in, in an area, any area of the business that I'm interested in. Um, and that goes for any employee at the company. It's a great company, great organization. Um, for me personally, I was just very excited to get back into developing a product and kind of seeing that, uh, mature as an instructor, you, you get to see people develop, which is really amazing. It's awesome. Um, but unfortunately you, you build these really great relationships and then people kind of like they, they go on and, and that's great. They're starting new careers and, and we're always very excited and happy for that. Uh, for me, I like to be able to see maybe that evolve a little bit further and, and see people grow in that depth of that skill set that they've acquired through the boot camp. So um, that's why this opportunity has been has been really great. And uh, I really believe in the product that we're offering uh, in, in a sense. So uh, of the boot camp model that we have. Um, and it, this is a way I see of being able to replicate that model um, more quickly and to help more people to transition into a software developer career. So it seems to me, and listening to you, and Andy, I know we've known each other for years, so some of this is um, pretty straightforward for me. Um, you, you've always seemed to be driven by, uh, I don't know if higher purpose is the right way to describe it, but it seems that you've, you've always been driven about and being very sensitive about, hey, here's what I need to be involved in and here's what I need to do next. Can you talk a little bit about maybe how you approach making some of those choices? It always, for me personally, it always starts with prayerful, prayerful thought and, uh, you know, point to God uh, in prayer and really kind of asking him for guidance. Uh, but, you know, once he's given me the, the go ahead, you know, and I'm getting that feeling like this is the right way to move, um, you know, the next things that I, I just, well, if he's telling me to go, I go, there's that. Mm. Um, but on the other side, that is the, like you were saying, if it's something that like not really chasing dollars necessarily, I have to know that we're impacting and changing lives. Uh, Mm. that's what really motivates me, uh, with with the opportunity I have now, uh, we have the opportunity to change lots of people's lives. Um, there are lots of stories that we have people that have, you know, maybe didn't have the opportunity to go on to college. Um, and maybe they're, they're, they're working, you know, in a restaurant or they're working as a bartender. They come through our program. They're able to transition into a software development career. And, uh, you know, sometimes they're able to increase their salary by double or even three times in some cases. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's profound. Uh, that's really going to impact somebody's life. That's going to impact the community. Uh, and that, that is what, personally influences me and my decisions. Um, how are we going to make the biggest impact in this limited amount of time that we have while we're on this earth? So you, you talked about the, the money, the economic impact that they have. 
what kind of impact does it have on them as a person when they're able to succeed like that? So you see the full gamut of emotion uh, when you are in a, a boot camp uh, and any educational you know, program, I imagine. But I would say uh, the boot camp model, uh, you definitely see the full gamut of emotion from all of our students. Um, so extreme happiness and extreme uh, you know, sadness sometimes, extreme frustration. It has impacts, I would say, not just the economic impact, but if, let's say you have a, uh, somebody that's come through the program and they're uh, a family man or a family woman, a family person for that matter. Um, somebody's coming through our program and their children are able to see them go through that program and see them accomplish something that's really a tough program, like 14 weeks, it's full-time. It's your favorite hobby plus your new full-time job. Uh, it's a major life commitment, and people that are going through our programs are, program are heroes, in my opinion. They're putting everything on the line, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make it happen. Uh, that profoundly changes somebody. Um, just that experience. It's really remarkable when you see somebody come into the program, and then when they leave, uh, it just it, it changes a person. Uh, I feel like it changes them for the better. Um, they, it changes them, but they're still a, an amazing person. We, we have amazing people that come through our program. So uh, it just just kind of like, I don't know, it highlights or refines the best qualities of people, I feel like. When you're dealing with the people that are going through your boot camp, is there a common motivation? Is it always the money uh, what, what kind of things do you think are motivating these people to to put this hard work in that you're describing? I mean, that's the beauty of it. It's, someone always has their own unique perspective, their own motivation, their own intrinsic motivator. Sometimes it's, it's an extrinsic motivator. Like, it, sometimes it is financial. Um, a lot of times, though, the people that are coming through our program, they just have this sense of wanting something more, something different. Uh, they oftentimes are people that have an established career. We've had people that have had doctorate level studies um, under their belt, and they realize after all these years of education and, and committing to this one career path, they're no longer satisfied by that. Uh, perhaps they never were, and they just thought, I just continue, I'll just get it done. Um, and then they finish, and they're not fulfilled. They're not satisfied. And there's something more creative uh, that they want to try. Um, or there's a different outlet they want to try. And that's what oftentimes many of our students, that's their story. Like I tried this career. I, I'm just not happy with that anymore. And I want to be happy in the work that I do. I want to enjoy the work that I do. So that would say that's probably our primary motivating factor for most of our students. And, uh, and I mean, the financial reward comes along with that. So that's definitely a motivator for, for some people, but I would say, more often than not, it's the opportunity to work and do meaningful work. It's you know made me happy when you mentioned intrinsic and extrinsic because intrinsic motivation is one of our competencies in our model oh, of cool. emotional intelligence, and that I like that because in something that's intrinsically motivated, you're going to put the work in and make the sacrifices you need. Now, when they are on the in the boot camp in normal times, are they in a classroom with each other? Yeah, so it's circumstances being what they are, uh, we are still in a remote model. 
so that has been a bit of a challenge. Um, but students are still getting together online in their communities. We have some software that we use that allows people to kind of meet in their rooms, uh, in virtual kind of classrooms and, uh, to congregate. And we really try to have that, um, special bond. We try to form that even in the virtual environment. Typically all of our, uh, instruction happens live and in person. Uh, so students have a very rigor, rigorous schedule. They're usually in at nine, nine in the morning class starts, uh, and goes to about noon. After that, they jump into some other coursework that they have to complete. And then, uh, many of the students are usually there till about six o'clock, mm-hmm. some up till as late as 10 o'clock at night. Uh, I know I've, I've seen some students, uh, that during special project times, um, they're, they're there like 15, 16 hours at a time. So so they're motivated at intrinsic motivation. Oh. The, re- the reason I asked that question is the way you described the people that are taking it sounds like there's people from every aspect of our world right now, from economic, social. How do you see them working together since they have such different backgrounds? Really, they, they have a common thing, right? Like the common thing that they're going through is that they want to create this new career path. They want to forge a new path forward. Uh, and that, I think, uh, having something common that you're working together towards, uh, I think that brings people together just naturally. Um, you're able to, when you know that that person that's right next to you is going through the same thing as you, you're going to probably tie yourself to that person a little bit more and pull them through and they're going to pull you through as well. So I think that's what's really beneficial to our students is that opportunity to, to be together as they're going through that. And we Diversity is actually uh, a key component. Of, it's like very important to our organization, um, something that we really value. And we have people from very diverse backgrounds that are coming together and diversity of thought and diversity of experience. And, and it's amazing just seeing people come together and the solutions they're able to develop together. Uh, it's really wonderful. It's uh, too bad that we can't uh, spread that around a little more. So, Andy, well, what are some of the things you observed as far as how they manage uh, their emotions? Because, you know, again, I, yeah, I imagine that it runs the gamut. There's times when there's mountaintop experiences and there's times when they feel like they're in the valley and the emotions that come with that, whether it's frustration or anger or you know, sadness, uh, you know, joy, those kind of things. What are you seeing as far as how they manage that? I would say uh, everyone is different and everyone's an individual and how they manage that. Uh, We try to be very clear and upfront with students on day one, even uh, uh, that, you know, this is an intense program that's going to require a lot of them. And uh, we try to give them some strategies to cope with that. Uh, we try to remind them that, you know, sometimes you need to take a break from what you're doing and walk away from that computer screen. Go for a walk, clear your mind, uh, come back refreshed, and you'll be able to solve that problem a little bit better. Um, you know, making, uh, forming good relationships with the people that you're going through the program with, that's a really important factor in the success of a student in our program. I uh, really need to kind of 
they, they need to take the time to invest in other people and while they're investing in themselves. So taking what knowledge they've acquired and then sharing that with others, that, that's a helpful strategy that we've noticed. Um, and I would say, you know, also just your overall health and wellness, just making sure you're getting enough water, sleep, uh, making sure that you're still making uh, time for physical fitness or some movement, you know, an intentional 30 day, minutes a day of movement, physical movement. Uh, those are the kinds of things, eating a well-balanced diet. Uh, it's not the time to just be slamming down donuts and pizza uh, as delicious as that might be. Um, it's not going <clears> to <throat> help you to be as optimal as you, you can be in the program and and so those are some of the things that we like to keep in mind. Uh, and then also really um, not forgetting your your relationships at home, you know, and with your friendships and making sure that you've still got that support community uh, that you can go to and they can help you through some of that, that challenge that you're going through. Well, you know, it's interesting, Andy, because uh, I know you, you were in the audience when I came and gave a talk to your organization some years ago. And though that was a one-off conversation, if you will, or talk with them, one of the things that I really wanted to emphasize to them, in addition to some of the things you just mentioned, was that importance of being deliberate and building a practice around uh, what it is they do and how they take care of themselves. And certainly the, the work we do in an emotional, in emotional intelligence you know, is rooted around that, that there are specific tools and competencies, as we call them, that you can call upon to help you as you navigate emotions like anger, frustration, or joy and excitement, so that you're making decisions that are going to produce the kind of results that you want. And um, I've always admired you personally, but certainly your organization's commitment to, to that because 14 weeks in a boot camp, and obviously today we don't have enough time to go into all the nitty gritty details, but trust me, uh, those of you in the audience are listening, it's intense. Um, and um, I don't think, or I, I, let me say it this way from an optimistic perspective that I, the more emotionally intelligent you are, the better you're able to handle not just a, a technology boot camp, but Let's face it, we're in 2020. <laughs> this yeah. has been a year where so many have been, been tested in so many uh, different ways as it relates to intensity. So I wanted to, to take a shift here for a minute and kind of look at Andy some things personally. Uh, and we had the opportunity to communicate uh, prior to the recording of this about you know, what you were into and excited about and, you know, what you might want to talk to the audience about. And you went in a different direction that actually I thought was very, very powerful. And that was how I'm managing things on the home front in a very volatile time that we're in. So can you talk a little bit about um, that and maybe specifically, or, or what are the, some of the things that maybe are helping you uh, as a father, a husband, son, uh, on and on, to manage what's happening in your world as it's influenced by all the things that we're seeing in the United States specifically. This has been a tumultuous year. It's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, 
you know, and we, we still have a lot of challenges left ahead of us. Uh, we, I think a lot of us have this impression that 2020 is going to be the end of things uh, and that 2021 is going to be better, but I mean, it's going to be a continuation of where we're at and, and we need to kind of accept that come to come to grips with that and embrace it and move forward with it and see how we can optimally serve others, love others in that time, uh, regardless of the circumstances that we're facing. Uh, so I think to, to do that, to manage that effectively, um, some of the things that I do personally, some of the strategies that I have, they're not, I don't want to say they're strategies, but what works for me? Uh, yeah, I would first and foremost, it's going to be, uh, feel like during this time it's allowed me to have uh, a renewal of a renewal in my faith, a renewal in my family, um, and it, and a renewal in my relationships. I would say first off that, like you said, the renewal of my faith, it has been extremely valuable for me every morning to wake up and have quiet time. Uh, I set aside dedicated time to actually go through, pray, uh, I read scripture, pray and pray some more and pray and pray and <laughs> just kind of <laughs> really, really try to do, uh, surround myself with, with God and, and invite him in every morning. So I think, I know I said, I think, but I, I definitely know that is one of the most important things that I can do every single day. Uh, and that has helped me tremendously. I, I feel like that personally works well for me. Um, and then the other thing is uh, setting boundaries within the home. That's also worked. So my son, uh, he actually is, you know, he's doing the whole school year online, like not going to school at all, uh, but he's actually meeting with his class. So we carved out a slice of the house, and that is just for school time. And I have a place where I do my work, and that is just for work. So there's no blending of uh, the two lives, so to speak, uh, which for mm-hmm. me really works well. I, I have to have kind of that separation between the two. Uh, and I think that has really helped us. As we were talking about managing things on the home front, one of your children is has special needs. And I know that brings an extra layer of dynamic to managing what has been obviously, again, a very volatile year. Are there things that that has done that, and it doesn't necessarily all bad or challenging, but could be triumphant maybe. Maybe you've discovered some things that will be used in the months, years to come that are very positive. So can you talk a little bit about how it's impacted you as a special needs parent? Sure. Uh, so I would say that first off, as a special needs parent, uh, I, I really value being a special needs parent uh, I, my son, I learned so much about humanity. I learned so much about how I can be a better person through him, uh, or mm-hmm. even different ways that I need to change the way that I'm phrasing something. Cause he's very literal minded. So it forces me to think uh, a little bit more before I speak, uh, it forces me to be more clear with him and more direct with what my expectation is. Uh, so I feel like, uh, it's been a blessing to have him, uh, you know, as a part of our lives and, and he forced us to mature in some ways and to become even, you know, more childlike in some ways too. And, and to not forget that to have some fun. So, uh, it's, it's, in my opinion, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, 
Um, mm. Speaking to the like challenges that we've had, uh, so we do have some emotional challenges that we deal with on a daily uh, daily basis. Uh, school is not his favorite activity. Uh, he would much rather be playing with his tablet. Um, so we try to incorporate different strategies at home to try to manage that effectively. Uh, we're very fortunate that we have a great support unit in his um, his virtual team, his his school uh, through his school. Um, we have uh, intervention specialists that work directly with him. He has some counselors that he's able to meet with. So I think that that is actually uh, and those resources have been very valuable to him, uh, especially as we've been in this remote setting, trying to figure out what the new world looks like right now. So yeah, I would say that's that's what's worked for us. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, sort of as a last thing, Andy, as we're getting close to uh, the end of our um, episode here, you know, you mentioned some things that you do uh, to to take care of yourself uh, spiritually. Uh, I've, I've known you for years, so I know the physical part is very important to you as well. How important is that for you to do that in order to be effective in all facets of your life? As far as uh, which aspect? Uh, let's say maybe more toward uh, the physical part, because we haven't talked a lot about that. Um, yeah. As whether that's, uh, you know, I, I again, I know you're a rigorous, very dedicated uh, person as it relates to their physical health uh, and diet, for that matter. So maybe speak to the, the physical and the diet side and how that's, been a help to you in 2020? Yeah. I mean, 2020 actually threw a big wrench into everything and into everything. Everybody's workout routine was just, you know, shattered essentially. Uh, so, Mm -hmm. um, and like you had mentioned that physical activity is like one of the most important things to me. Um, I'm actually a obstacle racer. I wasn't able to run any races this year. So that was kind of a little bit depressing, but, um, yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah. It was, it was a little bit of a letdown, but it was actually a great opportunity to, at the same time, uh, could take a break maybe from a little bit of the running and focus a little bit more on some other types of training. So, uh, I was fortunate enough to get a couple of kettlebells before everything, uh, went crazy and, uh, was locked down. Uh, I've always had sandbags and I've kind of just collected things uh, around the house. So, uh, getting creative with that has been really helpful. It's actually been fun to train mm-hmm. a little bit every day. I do a 30 minute workout at the minimum every day. Uh, but usually, you know, I'll play around to an hour, hour and a half workout, um, in the morning, the morning times are, are really the, the most valuable times for me. And yeah. Really keep me sane. <laughs> So, so Andy, uh, and for the person who might say, Hey man, I don't have an hour and a half because I know you've heard that before. Do you think it's valuable to at least do something for some yes. period of time? Yes. Okay. So there is value even if you only did 20 minutes. If you can do 20 minutes a day, you do what you can with what you have. You can make yeah, it. Love it. You, yeah. There's never an excuse. Um, I, 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 can't think of an excuse uh, when you can put your physical um, wellness on the back burner. Like 
yeah, you might be busy, but there's always a way. There's always a way to sneak in a couple of minutes here or there. You can do yeah. some push-ups. You could do some spare squats. Um, something. You go for a walk. Even going for a walk, brisk walk, you know, is, is going to be better for you than just sitting in front of the television screen, sitting in front of the, the computer monitor or the tablet, especially if all that you find that you're doing is digesting all of the news and all of the, the, the latest on the COVID outbreak numbers and, you know, yeah. fatality rates, the, all the social uh, challenges that we've been going through as a society right now. Um, sometimes you need to be able to step away from that and just kind of, you know, go, go for a walk, get outdoors and do some squats or push ups or burpees uh, and just kind of like, take a look around and, and, and realize how blessed you are to actually have this life and, and that you have this opportunity to move and express yourself physically through this world. Well, it comes through very clearly, Andy, uh, your level of optimism and, and how I can see that and, and why I'm bringing it up that way is because optimism is a, it, it opens up so many doors to innovation and 2020, and you just talked about it. I mean, it's been a year where it's turned things upside down, which is when I think innovation is at its most powerful for us. And quite frankly, at the end of the day, I think you've shown very clearly that when we face things that don't go the way we expected, it is a call for innovation and optimism, which is for us in our model of emotional intelligence, uh, optimism is, a, is part of that. It's one of the competencies, and I think you've kind of illustrated without overtly saying it that that's that helps you play in that role to to move to innovation and finding solutions that maybe were not there or appeared to be there, maybe in a different time and space. So, with that, uh, I wanted to thank you, Andy, for taking some time out of your day to spend with us to talk about obviously the boot camp and then some of the things you're doing in your personal life. And uh, we do truly appreciate it. And audience um, in the show notes, uh, there'll be some information uh, on Andy and ways that you might, if you want to reach out to him about anything that we've talked about, we're certainly reaching out to us to further the conversation as well. And we do appreciate you tuning in to the podcast episode and we hope you will have a great day wherever you may be. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have 
mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. You think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.